I am Sandra Ezekwesele and you come to me for hard facts. Hello Lagos, I am Sandra Ezekwesele and these are your hard facts. Living in the digital age means you are bombarded with information. The federal government is asking Lagosians to believe. Speaker of the House, Femi Bajabi, is getting harder and harder to find the truth in the disinformation. Or to put today's headlines into context. One of us who just shot me, Sandra, on my lips. That's why I'm here. I ask the tough questions that get to the root of things. The previous election um, had um, allegations of rigging. Nobody has been able to prove that 2018 elections were rigged. I tell you the history behind the news. I need to take you back. I need to give you a bit of history. Now, Zimbabwe got its independence. I cut through the spin and show you the facts. No, I will, I will let you talk. Kayode, Kayode, I will let you talk if you let me talk. There's a reason why more and more Lagosians are tuning in. 570,000 of 630,000 people listen to Hard Facts. They know what they're looking for. I'm Sandra Ezekwesele, and these are your Hard Facts. Hello, Lagos. Good afternoon. I am Sandra Ezekwesele, and these are your Hard Facts. We crossed 44,000 confirmed cases yesterday. So that tells you COVID-19 is still raging, even though we are about to open. Uh, we have, it's not even about to, from today, students can go back to school, even though, like you heard on the news, uh, the PTF doesn't quite agree with the modalities. And they're also telling children who already have the symptoms don't come back if you already have the symptoms. And lots of some assaulting of policy, if you ask me. And we're going to talk about that some more on the show today. That's one of our big three stories. Let's talk about SS3 students returning to school today. Did you send your child? Are you going to be sending your child sometime this week? And then we're going to talk about NIPOST and FIRS battling on Twitter. Aha. Uh-huh. Now, of course, we have uh, something that happened over the weekend with the Boronu state governor. We're going to talk about that. He says soldiers shot at his convoy. Meanwhile, the Katsina governor says the state only has 30 police officers for every 100 villages. Now, remember, you can talk to us on social media. Talk to us on Twitter at Nigeria Info FM. You can talk to us on Facebook, Nigeria Info 99.3. And you can share your thoughts via WhatsApp. WhatsApp is 080-959-75805. That's for WhatsApp. 080-959-75805. Now, because today is the day that schools reopen officially, nationally, Chukwudi Ezugu will be out in the field taking a look at some of the schools that have reopened, right? He's going to be moving around um, Victoria Island today. He'll be at several schools in Victoria Island today to see what exactly the process looks like. So I'm looking forward to that conversation with Cody at 4 o'clock. At 5, we're going to talk again about pensions. I'll be talking to the EXCO of the Pensioners and Retirees Association here in Lagos. They'll tell us what their members are going through. Remember last week we spoke with their PRO and they felt we didn't get to the bottom of the issue because we had a lot of uh, private pensioners calling in in, as against the Lagos State Civil Servants who are dealing with uh, certain experiences. So they will be on the show today and they will talk on behalf of uh, civil servants who have retired from the Lagos State Civil Service. Now you're going to get news updates on the hour every hour and after the news at six let's talk uh, with uh, Rufai conversations with Rufai will uh, happen now listen to every minute of today's show if you want to be our winner on just a minute but for right now let's get started with the big three this is the big three, the big three. on the hard facts on 99.3 Nigeria Info SS3 child returned to school today. Should Nipost and FIRS be clashing on Twitter? Are the police helping or hindering security operations in the north? 
Those are the big three. Let's talk. Today's back to school day for SS3 students. That's our first story. We've been telling you since last week that the federal government said SS3 students should be back in class this week to start preparing for the WASC exam on the 17th. That's 13 days from today, by the way. That's the first thing that I want us to talk about, the amount of time uh, before the exam. If you don't count the weekends, of course, they actually have like nine days of classes before the exams, right? And remember, most of these kids have not been in a classroom since February. Most of their schools did not have e-learning or anything like that. So really, the last time a teacher instructed a lot of these children was six months ago. So the big question is, can these children possibly be ready for WASC on the 17th? Yesterday, I spoke with Dr. Guduro, and here's what he had to say. Let me also correct the wrong impression which some people have regarding whether these children will pass exams or not. I have no doubt about the possibility that many of them are going to come out clean and have strict days. Many schools are going to work very hard, especially private schools, to ensure that their children finish well. If you do my kind of research, you know that we are in a country where teachers are in the halls on the days when the subjects they teach are being tested. And they, their business in those classrooms is to announce to children that the answer to question number one is B and the answer to question number two is C. And so these children copy these things and at the end of the day we say, ah, he made straight A's. No, the A's that children are getting these days don't seem to represent who they are in terms of competence. So the worry we have here is not about whether Wayek is going to come back after two months following the conclusion of this exam to give us results about the children and telling us that they passed or they didn't drop, but they are likely to pass because examination malpractice is highly entrenched. There are very serious individuals who are into it as a business and they have a way of getting these questions far ahead of time and even if they don't get it far ahead of time on the day of the exam you are conducting the exam in a you are conducting it also in Ikeja because of logistics problems you are writing mathematics on a Tuesday and everybody is supposed to start at 9 o'clock by 9 o'clock people in Ikeja start and the people in the pay are going to start their own at 11 o'clock. So what happens currently is that the people who are, who are into examination practice as a business take these questions once it, it is exposed in the Kedja environment and wire it to their colleagues in the pay via WhatsApp. And they solve these questions before the question papers are legitimately exposed to the students. And so at the end of the day, you find children who know nothing about mathematics in the pay delivering A's in, all their, in, 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 their, in, their, in that subject and when I begin to think that they have become with us in mathematics. That's not true. So my, the concern here is not whether children will pass the exam or not. It's about whether they will be globally competitive as a result of our having taught them well. And there you have Dr. Guduro, an educator who has spent his entire life around children, right? And he was saying he doesn't think that this is enough time for the children. Now, yesterday when we had this conversation, there's a mom that called into the show. Her name is Meg. And here's what she said about her own son. Meg is in Lekki. Okay, uh, you're talking. Nice talking to you. My son is in year 12. Uh-huh. And he's supposed to be writing YA. Mm-hmm. The truth of the matter is that, um, like Dr. Ogoduro said, mm. a lot of the things he said are true. Okay. I don't think he's prepared enough to write the exam. I'm struggling every night to wake him up to read. I don't know how to go about it. So I don't know. Two weeks is a short period. He cannot even resume tomorrow because he has sinus problems. So I'm also apprehensive about sending him back to, to school, school yeah. to listen with his mate. Hmm. We are going to wait for one more week to see how the classroom plays out before we can decide whether he can join his mate in class or not. So it's a tough place to be. Hmm. I really don't know the best way forward, but there's a lot of pressure on the government to have schools reopened, mm-hmm. no matter what it is, whether it's for the for the good of the children or not. Mm-hmm. In the long run, it doesn't matter. Let schools just open. Let them, every school owners start making money to pay their teachers, which is understandable. But, mm-hmm. you know, for me, I really don't know. I don't think my own son, I'm speaking from 
my son's position. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's ready enough to pass. I don't think those things are the same. Mm. I think, like he said, six mm. weeks would have been good enough for them mm-hmm. to grab and take off from where they stop. Do you think parents can organize themselves, maybe, and get the government to work out some arrangements with YEC? I don't know. We don't have we don't have the capacity. I don't see who would lead that uh, that fight. Mm. I don't think so. But if someone led it, would you support them? Oh yes, why not? Okay. I, I don't know how to go about it. I would have done it. I would mm. have started it myself. Mm. I just don't know how to go about it. Mm. I know how Nigeria is. A lot of parents also want the children to write the exam, you know. But yeah. like you said, after writing the exam, what next? Mm-hmm. The universities that they are supposed to be going to are not ready to absorb them. Yeah. So what happens? Mm. It's well, Sandra. It's really well. <laughs> Thanks for calling me, Meg. And that was, that was yesterday during the Big Hard Fact. If you missed that conversation, you can actually catch up on our podcast. Hard Facts is available as a podcast. Hard Facts with, with Sandra Ezekwesli. Find it and uh, go ahead and listen to previous episodes, previous segments of the different shows. But seriously, what do you think about this? Do you agree with Meg? Do you agree with Dr. Ogudoro? I especially want to hear from you if you are a parent of an SS3 student. If you are a parent of an SS3 student, or you are an SS3 student yourself, but anybody can call. But I especially want to hear from those who are either parents of SS3 students and SS3 students themselves. Do you think that there's been enough time? Nine days. Is that enough uh, time to get these children ready for WASC exams, right? After being out of school for just about six months, huh? Do you think so? 0700-993-993-993. Tyrion Nass on uh, my Instagram where I'm live says that the time frame for the exam is too short. The two weeks is supposed to help them to settle down. I wonder if Sam agrees. Sam is calling us in the studio. Hello, Sam. Thanks for calling. Yeah, uh, Sandra, good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you? Sandra, you are Mr. Mba. Yes, welcome. Go ahead. Yeah, Sandra, my concerns about security in Yeah. Sandra, hello? Go ahead, yes, I can hear you. Okay. Now, uh, about the Bolonu uh, governor, what he said about the shooting. Hmm. I, uh, I think I've made this call before. For us in Lagos to travel to East is war a time of constant police and all the security agencies. Why can't they deploy all those police hmm. here from Lagos to the east, pool to post, from all those Southern Kaduna, Beluwe, and all those people, those places that the bandits and the Fulanese men are killing people in the road. You understand? Let them deploy those uh, police from the southeast. Maybe you are traveling from Lagos to the east. You hmm. begin to discover whether are you traveling to another country. Let them deploy all those securities to those areas. Okay. Not, uh, well, uh, well, since I haven't gotten to that story yet, I, I just wanted to give you a brief few minutes to talk about it. I'm not talking about our third story just yet. I'm talking about students uh, who are heading back to school. Yes, you can react to the third story if you want to, but I'm not going to give you a lot of time to get into it because I haven't gotten into it. So let's talk to Samuel. All right. Hello. Hello. Thanks for calling. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon. Yes, good afternoon. Uh, um, yeah, I want to contribute on um, the SS3 students in school today. Yes, go ahead. Um, I do have um, three questions. Last day is um, about my sister, my sister, my family. She is an SS3. And to be said, and there is no, as in, as in that, um, um, I'm in case of wedding at the And I was even telling her today to go to school as I thought. As in, you know, as in, she was speaking to me, you know, that she's not schooling, as she's not there, as she's not going to learn this. And the exam is going to be saying that she should be asking me, she should be asking, like, she has been doing for some while. And so they are not, as in, the students are not more eager to go to school again. So there's no motivation for them to go to school, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even this exam, they are thinking that some of them, even if you boy to be able to this person, they say, this exam. Is, 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 is
Like when they are using parents to be tutorial or in the school or the tutorial to as in to coach and biology teacher myself. And so uh, when they are to be, they will have to explain and to questions on what they have been taught them and on all what they have read on. And to be prepared, not, not as in none of any of them can join as in answer the questions. Feel like as answer, they can't answer as in up to standard, up to media as in uh, they have to answer some questions in the science. Take questions for that matter. So they are not as familiar as a leader can as in adjust the time of um, preparation. Maybe like two months or at the one a month and a half, I six weeks in the time. It can be of as a good benefit to the entertainment. That's my tip. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for calling us. Comrade Akban is on the line. Hello, Comrade Akban. Do you have an SS3 student who's your child? Uh, fortunately for Comrade Akban, let me say good, uh, good afternoon to you, my Good sister. afternoon for coming on board. Happy New Month to you. This Same is the first you. time I'm speaking with you this month. Um, my 15-year-old daughter, uh, we were skeptical. Uh, we held her down yesterday. But today, uh, yesterday night, myself and my wife, we talked about it. I put a call to the principal. Uh, what happened uh, yesterday that my daughter did not come and all that. How is the school environment and all that. But I discovered that uh, every class, which is uh, she is part of it, uh, of uh, students attended, and uh, everything is working. I said, okay, uh, sir, I will not depend on phone conversation. I will pass from your school. I will be the first to bring my daughter so that I will have the first-hand inspection myself. So when I got there, honestly speaking, they, this private school. Hmm. They have already been on point. Both sanitizer, the soap, the uh, water, everything. All the facility you can talk of. The environment, the classroom. I went in there with my nurse mom. But it's compulsory for all the students there. There is no student I saw this morning that has not put on uh, his or her, you know, nurse mom and... <clears throat> every other uh, measures like that. Hmm. So that is private school. But the the, uh, the government school in Ikosi, Ikosi Primary School, hmm. as I'm returning back home so that I will rush to work, I've not found any any student there putting on... That is this government school. I mentioned the location. Ikosi here, K2, both sides. Both primary and the, 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 the primary has not opened. The other side, the secondary school there, leading to one there is a weather follower or whatever. So, and all that. If private schools can could maintain and, um, you know, go about a government regulation and they maintain it, there is no reason why government And this is what I've been shouting. When government will come out with their, with their position, I always say on different radio platforms, show example. Government show example, but look at the private school now. They have been able to do what government asked them to do. Mm. So my daughter has started today, okay. and I want her to be part of the people that will take the exams. So let's take courage and fed and release them to go and maintain all the safety measures. Make sure I even give her extra no smoke. Hmm. For her, in case the other one, there is anything happened, you immediately put it on. If Another you want to one. double it, hmm. please double it. I gave her extra. <laughs> gave her pasta sanitizer, not depending on the school hmm. and all that. But the soap, I did not give her soap. Let her use uh, school soap and sanitizer in the class, in the midst of people. You cannot be rushing and be leaving there to go down when the lecture is on. Just remove it from their school bag and begin to use it. Don't share it with uh, anybody because it's personal. All right, come so with that one. So, 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 so there's the that. I, so you, you, you seem to have done enough and you think the private schools are also doing all they can. Thanks for sharing your experience with me. Obidin is in Victoria Island. Hello, Obidin. Yeah, good afternoon. Is that how to say your name? Did I say your name correctly? No, no my name is Obetien. O-B-E-T-E-N. Obetien. Oh, good to have you on the show, sir. Yeah. Thank you for calling. Okay. Yes. Yeah, my own is just a question. I want to know if it's all the school, as in from primary one to... No, 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 just SS3. 
Okay, that's what I want to know. To know, okay. Because just I had an agreement with somebody saying it's all the two, so I just want to know. No, Justice S3. And now notice something that that mom said in the call I played uh, uh, for you from yesterday. She said her son has sinus problems. Did you hear that? Now, health is another big concern with this reopening. Remember that most COVID-19 carriers don't have any symptoms, right? So there's a big chance that a lot of children are coming back to school carrying the virus. So the second big question is, what are the schools and the governments putting in place to make sure that these children don't infect each other and then bring the virus, uh, the infection back to all their homes and to all their neighborhoods? We're already seeing in the U.S., for instance, in lots of schools in, in different districts in the U.S. where schools have reopened, that children are testing positive and spreading it among their, their classmates. Now, Ogun State um, had a plan. The Ogun State government, they had a plan. They said before SS3 boarding students can come back, they must all take a COVID-19 test and come back with a negative result. Now, there's a problem with that. Ogun State government has the capacity for 500 tests per day. There are more than 5,500 SS3 boarding students in the state. So it would take more than 10 days to test all of them. If all the testing capacity in Ogun State were used for only students, it would take more than 10 days. So obviously, they, they will not be able to test everybody in time. So now the state government has said, okay, the test results are no longer mandatory. Because PTF also said it's not right that um, uh, Ogun State is mandating that students present these, these certificates. That's not part of the guideline. So government has now said, state government, Ogun state government, they've now said, oh, it's no longer mandatory. The students should take it if they can. But if not, just come like that. Government has also now said that parents are still responsible for the health of their children in boarding school. <laughs> As a parent, you hear that. What do you think? What do you think about this situation in Ogun state? How safe do you think your children will be during these two weeks that they go back to school to study for the WIAC exam. Have your children gone back? Are you an SS3 student? Are you listening to the show? Are you back at school? Are you the sibling of an SS3 student? How's your sibling feeling? Lagos, let's talk. 0700-993-993-993-0700-993-993-993. It's 26 minutes past three. I am Sandra Ezekwesili. And I'd like to hear from you via WhatsApp as well. WhatsApp is 080. 959-75805. EAD is on the line. Hello, sir. Thanks for calling. Okay. Um, my stay is on the school. Yes, go ahead. Fine. I don't really understand what school is or education is beginning to turn into here in Nigeria. At least back in my days, mm. it's something whereby school don't open, everybody pack up. But now it's like parents are adding to it or not, because I don't understand. Is it that parents are begging children now to go to school after months at home? Most of them even joke on it on Facebook. I can't remember my school bag. I don't know where my school uniform is. Now, school has resumed. Parents are beginning to pet the issues for children to go back to school. In our own days, we have to be flogged, not even flogged. Nobody will tell you. Yes, but in your own days, COVID-19, no day. Okay, fine. Uh, right now, COVID-19, like six months now, can't we get used to it? Hmm. Do we wait? I don't understand. Do we really have to start petting ourselves COVID-19 and the fear? I can't really, there are situations where we get used to it. Education in Nigeria, I notice right now, it's like parents beg their children. When it is jam time, you see parents who even go to cafes to go and register their child and their child will be at home. You, are you a parent? No, I'm not a parent. I'm an uncle. We have stayed with aunties and I see the way they do it. Actually, I'm like God. Okay. But a lot of parents who are wary about sending their children back to school are probably worried about their children catching this virus and probably dying as a result of okay, this fine, virus. Okay, fine. But they are not wary of what their children watch on, on phone. That's a different conversation but entirely. Oh, my God. Can we focus on the matter at hand? Yedi. <laughs> Let me talk to Gabriel. Hello, Gabriel. How are you? Gabriel Nikoi, welcome. How are you? Yeah, good afternoon. Good afternoon. 
Yeah, I stay in the Ogun State. Yes. Uh, this is not that my children. I have a son hmm. who, who's supposed to take exam. He had been going to Lessi, he had been preparing, he had been waiting. Okay. When the school was, uh, uh, the, the team was shifted, he was not happy. Hmm. The, the young boy felt sick. Because he's fully prepared, waiting. He wants to take the exam. Okay. He wants to move to the next level. Okay. And they opened the school today. He went to the school. He had the, not the, they are just 17. When I asked him, he said they are just 17 in a, in final, in, in final year. Hmm. They just have to in their in their old school, although it's a, a private school. I see. Just seventeen yeah, yeah. of them in final year. Yeah, just have seventeen of them. Most of them, mm. even when I give them money to rent our to lesson, mm. most of them trek. Mm-hmm. About twelve, thirteen of them will leave our old side. They trek down to school. Okay. They are drive back. They are very happy, preparing. Although most of these people are from uh, all that tribe, okay. mostly the people from south, south, south east okay. live around that area. Okay. They are the children that they are warming up mm. with. They want to move to the next level. Level. Mm. Okay. Yes. All right, Gabriel. Thank yes. you for calling me. I loved that exchange. Let's talk some more. But uh, I hope you listened to Jimmy Disu this morning. Uh, he he is on Nigeria Info now. And you can uh, pay attention to dailies today. You can have the discourse with him. Um, every weekday uh, actually not every weekday Tuesday to Thursday um, 7.30 to 9 he's on air and he was on air today and it was fantastic if you didn't listen you can actually go on Facebook and watch for yourself you're listening to Hard Facts on 99.3 Nigeria Info I'm Sandra Ezekwesili Governor says the soldiers shot at him, while the Katsina governor says he doesn't have enough police in the state. That's our combined second story. Let's start with uh, Babagana Zulum. He's the governor of Borono State. Last week, his convoy was shot at in Baga. <laughs> currently watching on Facebook, Nigeria Info 99.3. You can see the governor, you can see his security detail. They are trying to shield him. They're trying to put him into a vehicle, get him away from the gunfire. He's the governor of Boronu State. His convoy was shot at near Baga. And now he's saying that it was soldiers who shot at him, not Boko Haram members. You can actually watch footage of that attack on Facebook, on our live stream on YouTube, Nigeria Info 99.3. Here's what Zulum said. He said, quote, it is a complete sabotage. I cannot end my interview without clearly stating what happened yesterday. As far as I am concerned, there was no Boko Haram yesterday. It was a serious shooting by the Nigerian Armed Forces while residing in Baga. The situation is very embarrassing, end quote. Now, here's what the army spokesperson, Colonel Sagir Musa, had to say about that. He said, quote, the Nigerian army wants to reassure the general public that this will be interrogated with a view to forestalling future reoccurrence. So the army isn't saying that it did not happen. They're saying that they're investigating it to find out what went wrong, to make sure it doesn't happen again. There's a big possibility that there was some miscommunication and the soldiers who shot did not realize that it was a governor's convoy. Now, Zulum did not stop there. He accused the army of not being able to defeat Boko Haram in Baga. He said, quote, you've been here for over one year now. There are 1,181 soldiers here. If you cannot take over Baga, which is less than five kilometers from your base, then we should forget about Baga. I will inform the chief of army staff to redeploy the men to other places that they can be useful, end quote. So basically, Zulum is saying the army cannot do its job in Brunu and a change is needed. I hope you watched the footage of that um, attack on our Facebook live feed or YouTube live feed. If you didn't, we're going to keep streaming it for the cause of this second story. Meanwhile, in Katsina... The governor there 
is saying that they need more security agents. Aminu Masari, he says in his state, they only have 30 policemen for every 100 villages. And this is the reason why bandits are having a field day. Think about that. 30 cops for every 100 villages. That's three cops for every 10. So one single police officer has to cover three villages. If that is true, it's completely unsustainable. It means that at any given time, two villages are unpoliced. No wonder that, that the, the, the bandit problem there is so bad. Ah! But it makes me ask, how are force allocation decisions made? Because if you have Zulum in Brunu complaining of too many soldiers for too little result, but you have Masari in Katsina saying he needs more police, we have to ask if the police command and the army HQ are listening to the governors. And then, of course, you hear complaints here in the southwest and in the southeast about too many police checkpoints. Meanwhile, a state with bandits is crying out that they need more police. It's real food for thought, honestly. But I'll leave that thinking to you. 0700-993-993-993. 0700-993-993-993. What do you think about uh, Zulum's claim that the army shot at him? What do you think about the army's response that they will investigate? What do you think about him saying that if so many soldiers cannot take Baga, then they should leave Boronu and be replaced? And what do you think about um, Masari's shocking claim that he only has 30 police for every 100 villages? Yes, you can still talk about our first story. If you have an SS3 student at home, if you think they're ready for the exams, if you think there's something that can be done, if you think the exams should be postponed, if you think they'll be safe enough, all of that, you can still talk to me about it. Let me talk to Emmanuel and Papa. Hello, Emmanuel. Hello, Sandra. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thanks for calling. Yeah, I'm Emmanuel from Olodia, Papa. Yes, welcome. Go ahead. Yeah, actually, I was calling to uh, talk on the first issue that you raised. Yes, go ahead, sir. But when you came up with this second one, <laughs> I also feel so concerned to talk about it. Just briefly. Talk about both. Go I ahead. Will, yes, I will say that the situation, the report we are getting from Bruno and Katina mm. by the chief security officers of those two states mm. is so frightening. It's frightening in the sense that if the governor of Bruno could be shot at, and he alleged that it was by the Nigerian army. And that was not refuted. Instead, the spokesperson of the army said that he's going to be investigated. Let us put this side by side. The, uh, the soldier that was sometime arrested because he posted a video. Let us also put this side by side. The other soldier that shot his superior. Let us also put it side by side uh, to the 360-something soldiers that resigned from the army or that gave indication that they were resigning. These are telltale signs of something very, very ominous that might befall us as a nation. And that sincerely, I feel so worried that... Maybe it is in the Northeast today. If the, the country or the leadership of the country today cannot curtail this, there will be a spillover all over. And then, I don't know where we are headed. Now, on the issue of the children, mm. that whether they are ready for, for Wayek or not, I have a son who is preparing for this examination. Okay. I will tell you that since the lockdown, not just him, all my children, we try to engage them, you know, with private tutors okay. so that they will be in sync. I remember in those days when I was much younger in the secondary school, hmm. I studied shorthand at that time. There was a law of shorthand. If you leave me for one day, I will leave you for two days. <laughs> Having that in mind, I know that if you leave the children for such a long time without them being actively engaged, 
in their studies. They may even forget what they have learned. I, how I wish that some other parents that are calling out here to say that their children are not ready, that they also took such steps. You see, time waits for nobody. And the Nigeria is not an island to itself. The examination that is about to take place mm. is with Africa. Mm -hmm. What is happening in Nigeria is happening in Ghana. It's happening in the Gambia. It is also happening in Sierra Leone. Mm. Why is it that those people are ready and we are not ready because of COVID-19? From the report that we are getting from the presidential committee or whatever, uh, PTA, whatever it is called, mm. it's like the, 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 the situation, it's like it might stay longer than we thought. Mm. And is life going to be cut short? The answer is no. So many other activities are gradually reopening. Now that we have just access, in fact, the children that are passing out to go back, I expected that we all should have been to a very large extent be ready for that examination. Because if your child is 16 or 15 now and is to write that exam and you delay them, you can imagine what age they will be the next year. And that is going to you know, bring them backwards. So my suggestion is that this examination should go ahead. Anybody that his child is ready for the examination, let them allow them to go for in for the examination. Those that are not ready, maybe they can wait for the next session. Next session. Because we cannot just keep on, you know, waiting for everyone to be ready at the same time. Because everyone might not be ready, might never be ready at the same time, even if it is postponed postponed till next year. Mm. So that is my own. You All right, know, I want to thank you for the opportunity to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you so much for calling thank us. We appreciate it. We hope you call again. Darlington is in your know, but Hello, Darlington. Sandra. How are you, sir? Sandra, Sandra, how are you doing? Very well. How are you? Go ahead. It's okay. The governor of Brunu was uh, attacked and he is now talking and lamenting. He said it was the army that shot at him. And the army said they are not the one. Uh, Sandra, mm. you know, one of the reasons why I have opinion about this insecurity is because these people knew what was going on. Look, if somebody has gone to the bush to go and fetch an ant-infested uh, firewood, he should not blame uh, lizards when they come for a party in his uh, premises. What are you saying? You are a governor. All of you there in the north. You knew all these boys. You knew what they. You know what they are after. You know what they are doing. But you are you are not them. You are not this into fester. We have been shouting and complaining. You mean northern leaders don't know what to do? All of a sudden, but to. Mention power now. Sandra, mention politics upon all of them will come out. How to grab power. How to grab power. Governors 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 don't control security. Uh, they are the chief security officer of their state now. You don't you do want to deny them them. Yeah, but they don't control the army or the police. Ah, uh, Sandra, mm -hmm. the constitution said that they are the chief security officer of their state. Yes, but they don't if control they the army. But they, but they don't control the army or the police. Uh, they cannot command the army or command the police because the army and the police are under the control of the federal government. Okay, fine. Then what, why did they call them chief security officer of the state? Because they're also the chief security officer of the state. Of what? They're also the chief security officer of the state. They are the chief security of the state now. So if they are not playing that role, it's enough for them to now send the bill to the National Assembly so that they can play that role properly. Uh -huh. Why are they silent over the matter? Uh -huh. Because we've talked about it. We, we've talked about it so many times on this show about uh -huh. how the title has no power. It's just a title. Uh -huh. it so have power. If you, are you going to blame me now? <laughs> Is it my fault? <laughs> they are comfortable with it. That's why they kept quiet. But I, have, I want to ask you one question, Sandra. Yes. Please, can you tell me one country in the whole world mm. where this type of thing has festered over this long? 
for this. You have four, four, four internationally recognized terrorists in one country. Mention one, one country in the world. Please mention what to me. And you have a sitting governor. There, I mean, a sitting government there. Sandra, you saw what happened with IPOB. Even before they were proscribed, these, the whole of the Eastern governors, all of them, and proscribed Nam the Kala and his group, and told them to go and sit down. Since that time, you know, have you had any this in there? Sandra, you saw what happened in Ghana. The president of Ghana came out when this uh, Fulani president went there to go and uh, mess up. The president came out in the open. Everybody saw it. He drew a line. The court ruled. The police ID came out. Sandra, have you had any noise in Ghana? The following day, these people, they went to go and beg government to give them a grazing route. Is that not the end of the matter? In our own case, we don't have any solution. We don't have any solution, he says. All right, Darlington, thank you for calling to share your thoughts. Four minutes. Wow, what a long time. All right, let's go to our final story on today's Big Three. Remember, the Big Three is three of the biggest stories of the day. And there's no story bigger than the battle currently going on between Nipost and the FIRS over stamps. Yes, stamps. And that battle has now entered Twitter. So what's all of this about? Well, as you know, FIRS has become very serious about stamp duty this year. They've increased the number of things that they charge stamp duty for. And they've also increased the cost of stamp duty on many things. So in the past, the way stamp duty was done for physical documents was to use postage stamps, right? So after you pay X Naira in stamp duty, you're giving postage stamps with uh, that are worth X Naira. You stamp them on the document, you sign across. That's your proof that you've paid. And those postage stamps are, of course, made by Nipost. But two months ago, something changed. FIRS announced that they will start printing their own adhesive stamp for stamp duty only. So basically, they will no more use the 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 the, the uh, stamp, the postage stamp from Nipost, and Nipost has said we will not take it. In fact, Nipost is currently suing FIRS. They claim that by printing stamps, FIRS is usurping the role of Nipost, like Robert Baratheon. <laughs> but FIRS says that Nipost's job is to print postage uh, postage uh, stamps not every stamp. And FIRS says they were only using NIPO stamps for convenience, not by force. So you see this matter? It's in court. But now these two agencies have brought this matter to Twitter. The first thing was that we had the chairman of the board of Nipost tweeting about it on Sunday. That's uh, Maimuna Abubakar. She tweeted, quote, I am worried for Nipost. Having sleepless night because of Nipost, we need the general public to come to our aid. FIRS stole our mandate. FIRS are now selling stamps instead of buying from us. What is happening? What are we expected to keep quiet? And let FIRS kill and bury Nipost. We need to get our mandate back. Nipost are the sole custodians of national stamps. Another agency printing and selling stamps is against the law of the land. FIRS did not only steal our stamps, but also our ideas. What Nipost has been has worked had worked for since 2016, our documents, our patent, our, and sneaked everything into finance bill and tactically removed the name of Nipost. I like to make this clear, Nipost is the only agency charged with the responsibility of producing adhesive stamps and revenue for the purchase of such stamps accrues to Nipost. I'm reading this verbatim. This is what she tweeted verbatim. There is no... Um, there's nowhere in FIRS Act or stamp duty where it's so stated that FIRS can produce stamp or sell stamp. Did you know that Nipost had generated over 60 billion in Nipost CBN account for the federal government? End quote. And then she tweeted all of this, by the way, with the hashtag justice for Nipost. If you go on Twitter now, you see justice for, for Nipost. Aluta. 
So you have one government agency accusing another government agency of stealing their mandate and stealing their ideas. Well, the official FIRS handle responded on Twitter. And they said, quote, that vexed post tweet by Mrs. Maimuna Abubakar. That's the title. We appreciate the general public for demonstrating deep knowledge of the difference between stamp duty and postage stamp. It is unfortunate that Mrs. Maimuna Abubakar, chairperson of the NIPOS board, is yet to understand this. And then they go on to say a lot of stuff. I'm just going to quote some of it because we don't have time to read all the things they said. Our attention was drawn to the tweet by Mrs. Abubakar. Her indecorous tweet would not have deserved any response but for the sensitive nature of the issue at stake. She accused of stealing Naipo's idea. This, to say the least, is a preposterous claim and great disservice to the Naipo's and people of Nigeria. To the government, sorry, and the people of Nigeria. We therefore call on right-thinking Nigerians to disregard that ill-advised tweet by Mrs. Maimuna Abubakar and allied misinformation being disseminated by NIPOST in relation to stamp duties collection, which by law is the responsibility of the FIRS. Whew! Mouthful. So here you have two government agencies dragging each other on Twitter. And it's not the first time that this has happened. It also tells you how powerful Twitter is. We've seen police and army dragging each other. We saw FIRS and NPA dragging each, uh, um, dragging each other as well. Then there was NITCOM, the Nigerians in Diaspora Commission versus the Ministry of Communications. Do you remember that? And uh, that was when uh, Abike Dabiri said Isa Pantami chased her... Um, uh, from her office with armed police. And even outside social media, Sev, we've seen so many government agencies clashing in public, EFCC and the Justice Ministry, the Office of the National Security Advisor versus the former uh, Chief of Staff. Even uh, NCDC and some state governments or NCDC and um, the Nigerian Port Authority. So you have to ask if there's a particular reason why so many government agencies seem to be fighting in public nowadays. Is this a good thing? Is this something that we should applaud or is this something that uh, we should condemn? Should there not be a mechanism inside the executive to resolve these disputes before we start seeing agencies quarreling on Twitter? And what do you think about this particular quarrel, this Nipost versus FIRS quarrel? What do you think about the type of language that they're using against each other? What do you think about the matter itself? Should FIRS have to use Nipost postage stamps for stamp duty? Or should they be able to use their own customized stamps? Yes, you can still talk about our first two stories. I want to know what you think about Zulum's claim that the army shot at him and the army's response that they will investigate. What do you think about him saying that um, if soldiers cannot take Baga, then they should leave Boronu? And what do you think about uh, Masari's claim that um, he only has 30 police for every 100 villages? And if you have an SS3 student or you yourself are an SS3 student, are you ready for your exams? Do you feel safe enough to go back to school? John is in Ibejuleki. Hello, John. Hello, Sandra. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Yeah, let me comment on the second story. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, the governor, we are kind of uh, accusing the military that they shot at him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't know how true it is. The military but, said uh, they will investigate. Yeah, hello? The military said they will investigate. Okay. Um, I think they should go ahead and do their investigation. But there's something I am looking at, Sandra. Yeah. You know, the, there was a time I heard that uh, the, the military were not only carrying out operation against terrorists, but they also know how to dance. Uh, because I learned of a python dance in the East. A time came again, they said they will no longer have a python dance. They want to uh, show some kind of smile, crocodile smile. So, but now in the north east and uh, in the north, uh, I wonder why the uh, the armies they don't know how to dance again and how to smile. 
you will tell these people to declare the headsmen and the, these uh, bandits as terrorists. They say we should take it calm with them. But somebody that is going about his right, trying to demand his right, they, without any ammunition, they label them terrorists. I don't know the, the way we are going. Uh, because when we see the truth, we fail not to speak the truth. And sometimes if you call, some people will begin to, you know, try to accuse you that uh, you are just uh, trying to, you know, to, to, to be one-sided. You understand? So if at all the uh, armies used to dance, python dance, crocodile smile, they should go there and do the smile. I don't know whether it is a smile that they were smiling that made them to shut at the governor or probably the dance. All right, let me talk to right, KG in transit. Hello, KG. Hello, Sandra. Thanks for calling. Good afternoon. Good job. I hope your pudding has stopped. Sorry? I said, I hope your pudding has stopped. Your stomach is fine now. <laughs> yeah, it's fine now. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine now, okay, yes. Uh, Sandra, true be true. I don't know if you visited any of the states uh, in the north before. Katsina, yes. I served in Katsina. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm about to explain to you. Mm-hmm. You understand that the, the villages the villages are far from each other. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Number two, they know themselves real well. Mm-hmm. Now the secret is this: few weeks ago, a few months ago, the China soldiers came to Nigeria to you know deal with these guys. And within two weeks, we saw the effect of what happened. So what happened to our own soldiers? So I think I think it's right time that we'll call the defense minister or whoever is called to come and tell us the, what exactly is happening. By the grace of God, I had the military, you know, background. And I understand that when an airstrike needs to be carried out, mm. the ground troops should be there to back up the airstrike immediately and to clear up the mess. But in Nigeria situation, you find that the Air Force will come, they will, they will tell you they are doing bombardment two weeks after, three weeks after the land soldiers will go. What do you expect? So I don't understand. It's like, it's as if they are using us for business or all, all, all sorts. See, Sanja. Mm. We are not we are not prophesying the bad thing, but let's assume something negative actually happened to that governor mm. on that day. Mm. The music would have changed. It's because it's because that has not affected any one of them. That's why we are still you know, playing the, the same old music. You understand? Mm. How many senators have, have, have been victims of this program thing? How many of their children? How many governor's sons or whatever has you know passed you know has gone to six feet below because of this program thing? Let's let's let the music change and affect them. You see the negative will change hundred percent. Thank you. Thank you for calling me, Keji, in transit. Uh, True Talks by Adara says, these young girls and boys should feel like we have their back and not pushing them to be at a detriment under the pressure of nine days panic and preparation. Yes, WASC is important, but these students' lives are on the line. That is way more important. Even if they are to hold these exams forcefully because that is what can happen, I believe the students must be allowed help from their teachers to work collectively so that they can pass their exams in peace. Also, they should not be compelled to pay any fee whatsoever. Political therapist says, Sandra, I'm afraid of what will befall this nation in two years with this insecurity befalling us. I pray we don't have a military and civilian bloodshed uh, coup because what is going on with our leaders needs to end. Frank Jackson says, one issue after another. Can't this administration and its foot soldiers just for once know how to do things cordially amongst themselves? Nigerians are tired of these showmanship part hustle and whatnot. Mr. President should save us of all these toxic things, I beg. We've got uh, more comments here, like um, mm, like FIRS, like Garba Show, like, like Femi Adeshino. Benny Jack Sparrow is the one who's tweeting this. He says, they all speak or respond to issues without decorum and emotional intelligence. They always sound very rude, uncouth, and arrogant. Femi Adeshino's interview on Nigeria Info and many more is proof of his arrogance. What has that got to do with the stories? I'm guessing you're referring to our final story with FIRS. Okay. Sandra, are the soldiers telling us that they don't know when they see a governor's convoy or what? Who are they deceiving? Chuks Uzoe Lue says, if after the revolution of the Borono governor and the, gov- and the, gov- and the 